0: Friday, or should I say Black Friday, everybody? Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. Hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me or DM me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana.
1: And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at Dan Urban MMA. You can also follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review if you're able to. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we talk about judging, so you should familiarize yourself with the criteria, which can be found at abcboxing.com.
0: So obviously, yeah, Dan, it was, you know, Thanksgiving was uh, yesterday for the listeners. We're actually recording this on Wednesday, so it's the day before Thanksgiving. So I'm just going to assume I had a great Thanksgiving and say, man, I had a great Thanksgiving. How about
1: you? I know this day is going to be awesome. It's it's awesome every <laughs> year. I, I, it doesn't matter that nobody's coming over this year. It's just gonna. It's it's my favorite. Well, you
0: must be thankful at least to have your family. Is, is your sister gonna be there?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That those people will be here. Yeah. yeah. There you go. The people Please that you used to there. to live here will be back. Yeah.
0: Sure. Sure. <laughs> you gotta be thankful for people like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. She stole a bunch of my beer tonight.
0: Oh well. So that's not something to be
1: thankful. Oh, I gave it to her, but. Oh, well, still, that's not stealing. She imposed.
0: This is like throwing. You're like throwing out the the R word when it comes to judging here. <laughs> stealing when it's not really stealing <laughs> yeah, it, don't stretch that word
1: uh, all right that's true
0: <laughs> well what about uh you know obviously in the spirit of thanksgiving here and we talk about mma what in what in mixed martial arts are you thankful for
1: that it's pretty much mainstream at this point or very close to being considered a major sport i think that's what i'm thankful for you know it's funny because that's almost
0: like a double-edged sword why is that well, obviously, there's acceptance from the mainstreams in in a sense. You know, it's it's ubiquitous now. You hear about it on, you know, ESPN broadcasts and everything. You know, if they're teasing from a college basketball game or something like that, they talk about UFC like it's just some natural thing and not some sort of weird, you know, fringe sport. Like uh, what were some of the popular ones during the early part of the pandemic? Uh, like marble uh, shooting or whatever,
1: and like cornhole.
0: Yeah, and corn. Well, cornhole is now. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, the other side of it is that it's, you know, there's a there's a certain sense of like undergroundness to MMA that I feel like is almost gone now.
1: Yeah, but it, we always want the fighters to make more money, and the only way they're going to make more money is for it to continue on its path.
0: I, I am certainly in full support of the fighters making more money. I think they've got a ton of uh, room to grow on that front uh, without getting into some sort of big uh, tangent here, but I, I certainly hope in the not too distant future, they can make what I feel like they are probably, uh, worth as professional athletes.
1: Yeah. And they will. And the only thing that comes with going mainstream is, you know, you have guys on ESPN, like Scott Van Pelt that don't fully understand it. And when they come comment on it, it comes off a bit ignorant, but Hey, that's, that's growing pains. And I think with time, it's going to get better. Cause even with football still, I'm sure some football experts are like, okay, guy, that doesn't make any sense. What you just said.
0: Yeah, no, for sure.
1: So I, I think we're on the right path. I'm happy that it is. Athletes are actually, like, we're not seeing these barroom brawlers in the cage anymore. These guys are taking it serious, and I think it's a good thing.
0: I, I, I smile when you say that because the first person I think of is Derek Lewis, who, not not a barroom brawler, but he's a bit of a brawler.
1: He's a Well, everyone loves a brawler. It's it, Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got he's the personality. Not, he, he's,
0: I don't want to say he's some sort of barroom bum or something like that, but yeah, it's his style is not... Who, obviously, of course, I'm bringing up because he's going to be fighting in the main event on Saturday uh, against Curtis Blades in Las Vegas. Yeah, I, you know, I I think of a brawler first. But, yeah, I understand what you're saying.
1: Yeah, he wasn't picked out of a crowd to say, hey, you want to fight tonight? And he's three beers deep. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll fight. Tank Abbott, he is not. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you thankful for anything in MMA? I am
0: thankful that... The athletes themselves, many of them this year, were able to make, at least at the UFC level and and to a lesser extent in some of the other promotions like Bellator and LFA and Invicta, were able to make a living for themselves this year in what could have been a very disastrous year for some of these athletes. And some of them have come out, I would think, pretty far ahead. Uh, it may not, 2020 might not be such a bad year for them when they look back at it.
1: I think even it's even trickling down a little bit. I think some of the more regional promotions are starting to come back with they the are, help but a of lot the of the UFC. Missed out I already. think the ones that are on the fight that broadcast on Fight Pass, I think they've gotten some help with the UFC to keep them kind sure. of afloat for now. But hopefully, twenty twenty one, everyone's back in business, ready to roll.
0: I hope so. That that that's what I would be thankful for is just the fact that it didn't shut down entirely, and the fighters, the people who work in the sport, you know, judges who we talk about all the time, referees. Some of them were stable to make a pretty good living. Not all, unfortunately. It's, you know, it's, this is obviously a tough time for many people. And I want to acknowledge those people and hope everybody is doing well and can make it through these, uh, these unprecedented times we're dealing with. But for those who have been fortunate enough not to be affected to such a terrible extent, I'm, I'm very thankful that it has gone that way for them. Definitely. But, you know, this this doesn't have to be a hug fest. Uh, You know, I think we can probably, uh just revel in another thing that we're thankful for which is amazing fights right
1: oh who doesn't love amazing fights uh
0: well i imagine there's a few people who probably just don't like violence but are they listening to this podcast i would but is it violent
1: understand. is it really violent? So, so we can
0: talk smack about them they don't need to hear it's, it's,
1: it's artful violence
0: it is artful violence although i don't know how much art we had in this classic uh that we're doing for past judgment right there was some art but there's a lot of <laughs> There's a lot of winging bunches around in this Listen, one. This, this is one, classic fight that okay. we've chosen.
1: As I mentioned earlier, that these guys aren't bar- barroom brawlers.
0: No, no, no. They're this... not barroom brawlers, especially not uh, the latter of the two. And the fight we are going to be going back to is the first fight between Leonard Garcia and Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie from WBC48. You remember that one, Dan?
1: Big card. And I, I was shocked. Cause I did not remember that Rogan and Goldberg actually commentated this card.
0: Yes. This was the one WEC event that they did. I don't think they did any more after this either. Maybe they did. They might've done the last one together, but, um, or at least maybe Goldie, but they made it feel like an actual UFC product. It was a stacked card. It was, it was a very stacked card, but we're not going to, we're not getting deep into that one. We want to talk about this fight, Garcia, Jung number one. Um, you know, we thought, We deserved a real treat for ourselves ahead of Thanksgiving. Uh, So, yeah, this is our past judgment for the week. And before we get into it and get into the meat and potatoes and break it down, as we do this three-round fight, uh, Dan, can you just kind of go over again how we do scoring rounds in past judgment?
1: Absolutely. The CSJ criteria is the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned earlier, is available at abcboxing.com. And like certified judges, we score the rounds based on the 3Ds, damage, dominance, and duration. But we just made a few key changes. 10-9 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the 3Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just 1D, but should definitely be given when 2Ds are achieved. And a 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all 3. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All of this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. Okay, Scott, start by setting up... Zombie Garcia won.
0: Yeah, obviously, like we said, this was on WEC 48, uh, the only pay-per-view that was ever put on by World Extreme Cage Fighting under the control of Zufa. It was the feature prelim. This was the one that they were hoping would uh, entice a few more buys out. And obviously, you know, we've talked about how this was a classic fight, and I think it probably helped a little bit. Uh, It was headlined by Jose Aldo's featherweight title defense against Uriah Faber. Back on April 24, 2010 at Arco Arena in Sacramento, California. Garcia came into this. He was 30 years old, uh, had a 13-5-1 record, uh, and only a little more than a year removed from when he challenged uh, Mike Thomas Brown for the featherweight belt in WEC. Of course, everyone knows Mike Brown now is you know one of the main cornermen. I mean, one of the main coaches over at American Top Team.
1: He's made a name for himself. He's one of those guys that he's going to get famous off coaching, not not really fighting. I think he
0: was probably
1: he did okay. famous
0: enough for both. I mean, now obviously the the audience is greater and everything of like that. But but I think what strikes me about him is is he was able to make a mark in this sport in two ways, and that that I think is very challenging.
1: Ah, oh, totally is.
0: So I, I kudos to Mike Brown for for finding a second life after fighting. Good for him, and and I think I hope he's a good example for some other fighters who might be able to have that vision for, for fighters from the corner and everything. And then working in training camps and stuff. Uh, well, back Uriah to Garcia might. though. What's that? Uriah might. Yeah, he might too. That is true. Uh, but, but again, back to Garcia. Uh, he had just fought George Roop to a split draw about a month before this fight. So he was right back to action real quick, which is something you like.
1: Yes. Keep fighting. Fight every, <laughs> every <other laughs> this was
0: week. actually, this was actually Korean zombies, American debut. And he was only 23. Came in with a 10-1 and record. He had fought in Japan and his native South Korea to this point. Competed most recently uh, before this in the Sengoku Featherweight Grand Prix the year before. Were you ever watching Sengoku and like the Japanese promotions like that?
1: I thought it was anime. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah, I used to watch Sengoku. I like they had some good fighters over there. They had, had Mamik and and uh, Jorge Santiago or George Santiago, I guess. Uh, these are some, some of the great fighters that I enjoyed watching back then. Um, but in this play, uh, in this tournament, he was outpointed uh, in the quarterfinals by UFC vet Masanori Kanihara. That was his only loss to this point. So, you know, came in with, you know, pretty good shine, young prospect and, and kind of an interesting one that they put into this featured fight. That was, it was a little surprising to do that, but obviously it worked out pretty well. Right.
1: I don't know how you don't buy this pay-per-view if you watch this as the pre- I know, right?
0: <laughs> I think that's why Dana still loves him. Uh judges for this one, A Bellardo, Nelson Doc Hamilton, and Dan Stell, uh with the referee John Shorely. So, let's kick it off with round 1 out of the 3-round fight. What do you got here?
1: Okay, so about 30 seconds in, I'm already out of breath. These guys just came out swinging like madmen, tagging each other, big bombs. Pretty much I was actually as I mentioned earlier, these aren't ballroom brawlers, but these guys fought a brawl and they had cardio to batch it. So they just didn't stop and just kept punching each other in the face. And
0: it was it was kind of hilarious, actually. Like just, I mean, not not in the sense where you're laughing at how bad they were, but it's just like you're like, oh my god, look what they're doing! This is crazy. You just have to laugh.
1: No, I mean Leonard Garcia threw all technique out the window.
0: Yep, just winging <laughs> arms around. It was it was like you ever seen uh, that episode of Simpsons way back when. Uh, I think it was Bart who was saying, oh, "I'm just gonna swing my arms around, and and if they happen to hit you, it's your fault."
1: <laughs> I That's don't kind of remember what that Garcia looked like. <laughs> he was, his punches were, was an insane round, but I thought Zombie was gaining the edge, and then oh, a big edge. <laughs> Garcia got tired eventually, and just Gar-
0: tagged yeah. him pretty Zombie well.
1: Was bopping him with knees. Yup, lot of knees actually, and a lot of strong strikes, and I thought. Damage was there for a 10-8 zombie.
0: Huge damage. There were there were probably two times in that round where you could say Garcia was in trouble. Oh, yeah. Like a yeah. good amount of trouble. He
1: was, yes.
0: So I, I think when you have two moments like that where there's diminishing blows, you know, you can start thinking about a 10-8, not in our system, but in the, in the actual ABC scoring, which this was before, you know, 2010 we're talking about. This was six years before they kind of re clarified the criteria and how you would kind of try to assess 10 eighths and things like that so you know i get why they wouldn't have considered it necessarily then who knows
1: but yeah i think today you could certainly have that thought right oh yeah definitely and i want to make sure we're trying to paint the picture of what actually happened in this round yeah but it's just so difficult because there's just so much that happened and it was just such an insane round that it's it's kind of hard we're just giving reactions and and that's i don't know if we can do any better
0: Well, uh, you know, this is a fight that I mean, I'm hopefully people who are listening to this either already know the fight or watched it recently. And if you if you know the fight and haven't watched it recently, just go watch it. Have some fun. Uh, It's only going to take 15, 20 minutes. (laughs) But another thing that I think paints this round in an interesting way is the fact that we can look at the strike numbers here. And it really tells you just how lopsided for Jung it really was. We have uh, on the total strikes, 51 to eighteen strikes landed in favor of Jung.
1: I should say how many thrown because I have a feeling uh, Garcia threw a lot more because it seemed like he was missing a lot.
0: No, no. Well, he, I mean, he missed a lot. He had a much lower percentage. But uh, what we did have was fifty-one out of eighty-four landed by Jung. So when he was thrown, he was okay. landing more often, more often than not. Whereas Garcia, yeah, he is just winging stuff. Eighteen to fifty-seven. Uh, a very low percentage of these are really landing.
1: Yeah, he, It was like he's thrown from his ankles.
0: But the, you know judges obviously they don't have those numbers right. but that is yeah. something that I think having watched that round both of us it's pretty telling about the round we saw. We saw a lot of swinging and missing from Garcia and we saw a lot of lands from Jung and we there was he was credited with a knockdown which yeah I mean Garcia was in really bad trouble here.
1: He did. He got he got dropped but also Garcia was landing with a lot of a lot of power when he actually did land. When he did land
0: Yes, he absolutely was landing with F, with great effect. I don't right? think any
1: jabs were thrown.
0: <laughs> no, this wasn't a jab type of fight. <laughs> a lot of just winging arms around. Uh but you know, we talked about the fact that this potential for a 10 8, did you go 10 7 in our system which would be the equivalent of a 10 8? No, I went 10 8 in ours. Okay, so that that of course being the middle uh grade between 10 8 and 10 um 10 9 and 10 7 uh, or Kind of the traditional 10-8 and 10-9. A 10 eight and a half, if you will. Uh, if I can make that ever more confusing for everybody.
1: Yeah, just confuse everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I did too. I, I really, it was tough for me not to go for the 10-7 in our system here. I really wanted to do it, but I, because Garcia was game enough and he was landing when he was landing, I think it made it a lot harder for me to get there. Yeah, but...
1: it, yeah, his strikes were, were significant and effective, I thought.
0: They most definitely at least were. Enough. So just... yeah, we both have a 10, eight for Jung here in our system. Uh, all three judges, uh, on that evening, they had it for Jung 10, nine, which is, you know, if they're not going to go 10, eight, at least they got the right guy. Right. Yeah. Um, now I did, I actually, I don't think I got to share this with you before, but I did speak with, uh, another working judge today off of the record just to have them look at the fight now too, through their eyes, because their eyes are more trained than you and I, mm-hmm. and gave some grades on these rounds too. So we, for this round, we got a 10-9 for Jung, which, you know, they're only grading it in the ABC scoring system. This doesn't have to do with the way we do it for past judgment, but I just thought it was interesting to get this, right? Mm-hmm. They did say, though, that it fell just short of a 10-8, but they could see it.
1: Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. So Mike Bell's giving us a
0: 10-8. <laughs> Probably Mike Bell will give us a 10-8. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll think we can. Pro- i rule out it wasn't Mike Bell. I'm uh... just going to tell you it's not Mike Bell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know as as much as they were saying it was essentially as much as garcia you know hits back in the second half uh after almost getting stopped earlier he almost gets stopped that second time you know obviously after the first one so as much as it gets up to the line for a 10-8 uh keep swinging and landing some heavy shots that was what really pulled it back off of the 10-8 so that that's kind of the workings of a of how a judge might see that round all right which i always love i, I think it's great to pass that on to our listeners because you know Not everybody really knows what a judge is seeing. Not that they're seeing it bad or good, but why they're seeing it the way they're seeing it. I think it's a good thing to pass along to our listeners. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So round two, though, we'll move on here. And this is where the fight starts to tighten up a little bit more. We never see Jung so dominant over the course of one round again, right?
1: Right. This was probably the craziest round, though.
0: It was a wild round. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, it's pretty much a theme through this whole fight
0: yeah but this one i think you're right this in particular is like the round
1: yeah so i mean garcia actually dropped him early uh landed a couple big shots but zombie didn't go away came back and landed some of his own shots they even exchanged missing spinning back fists which i laughed <laughs> during this
0: there's a lot of laughs to be had in this fight uh, there was some... in a good way we in had a good way
1: we had grappling that was very unconventional. We had Zombie get a body lock, get behind, and play leapfrog, do a somersault, take the back. He didn't really do anything from it, but it was very interesting. He
0: landed some good shots from the back.
1: He landed a few good yeah. punches. Yeah. I, I, maybe I was just mesmerized by the way he took the back.
0: <laughs>
1: but, you now once Garcia got back up, they started teeing off on each other again. Garcia landed some of his own knees this time. It, just think Garcia was more effective here.
0: I agree. I did go Garcia ten nine, right?
1: Yeah, no, this was a this was a yeah ten nine round for Garcia. Very close
0: round. It was a tough one though. I, I mean, this was a really tough call for me because I I was there were points where I was starting to consider giving it so so to did the I zombie. So did
1: I. I think... yeah.
0: So kind of the way I saw it was you know obviously in the first like twenty seconds or so, Garcia he doesn't quite drop zombie, but he had him in a bad way. I, I thought it was good enough for a knockdown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, UFC stats didn't credit it, but I mean, I look at that and well, I, it certainly looked like the guy at least was off balance enough that you would say, okay, he was hurt. You know, that's and, you know, really all matters. It doesn't matter what, what you classify it as. I mean, arose by any other yeah. name, so to speak.
1: Because a zombie was teeing off a bit because he was getting Garcia back up against the cage.
0: Yeah. So he, he no, But he, he totally took control yeah. with that. Uh, I think it was like a wild right he uh, lands, right?
1: I'm not really sure exactly what it was, but it was something crazy.
0: But anyway, when when Jung takes that, and then he looks like he's in a bad way, and all of a sudden he's like right back to it. I feel like that moment right there, about twenty seconds into round two, is like when he earned the Korean zombie nickname for U.S. audiences. Yeah, like that's where everyone's like, okay, I get why he's a zombie. Sure,
1: because he's gonna keep eating it. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, yeah. get, you gotta stab him in the head. That's the only way to kill yeah.
0: him. I but, thought you had to blow the head off. Like, is it? I don't watch zombie stuff. I'm not, uh, as I'm long not, as like, you kill the brain.
1: Guy. If you kill the brain, they're, that's the only way to kill them. Mm-hmm. So you can separate their head from their body, and the head would stay alive.
0: Right, right.
1: So you got to kill the brain.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I don't like zombies. Except for Korean zombie. <laughs> uh, I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, um, you know, Jung, I I thought that when he, you know, he, he took uh, Garcia's back and he was landing that stuff, and, I, and he was also landing throughout the round, I thought he really clawed back from that early hole that he kind of dug himself. And I thought probably when there's about a minute to go, I was leaning starting to lead towards Jung. I thought he had really done enough to take it back. But then Garcia, he really sews it up, and I think in the final 30 seconds with some heavy punches, and I think there was a knee too.
1: Yeah, the good knees, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So in that time frame there, I think that was when he was able to really claw that round back for him.
1: He did. He did dig himself a hole, and he, once he took the back, he started you know taking control of the round, just not enough really.
0: And interestingly enough, I think probably that last 30 seconds is what ended up really being a difference maker and him being able to get the win. Spoiler alert. Sorry, he won. I think everybody knows this. Um, but because we had a split round here, the we had two judges, Hamilton and Stell. They both gave it to Garcia. Uh, and then it was a Ballarda who actually saw it for Jung. So there was one judge who already thought that Jung did enough to win that round. And and I understand why.
1: I can see it. I,
0: yeah. I don't really have I was an very, issue like with I it. Like I said, I was very was close, close to around. it. So I, I can kind of get it.
1: Close, insane, crazy round and mm-hmm. fun.
0: But yeah, so on our scorecards, we have it 19 to 18 in favor of Jung because he got the 10-8 in our system in the first round. Whereas on the actual judges' cards, Hamilton and Stell, they've got it tied at 19 and Bellardo has it 20 to 18 for Jung. So at that point, we're still talking about round three is going to be the difference maker, but Bellardo already gave it to Jung. So it's, you know, the best is going to be for Garcia. It could be a split in this situation.
1: Yeah, so there's no loser here.
0: No, certainly not. And I should also mention, again, our, our guest judge, who uh, I had uh, graciously watched this and, and give us insight for. Uh, in round two, they did give it to Garcia also. Uh, mostly because, you know, Garcia almost finishes him early, like we discussed. Uh, Jung, he gets obviously the takedown. Some strikes from the back that I was talking about. Um, still didn't quite see him to be up in the round at that point. Still kind of down. Um, and he's trying to chip away at the lead, but Garcia is keeping the pace. And then Jung also almost finishes him, but Garcia does also. So, you know, talking about a crazy round, of course, uh, ends with Garcia leading or landing a bit more and, and keeping the lead. That was, that was the assessment that yeah. we got. I think and that's more or less what we kind of said too, but then, and so we kind of all end up agreeing here.
1: I think they called it a Rocky fight on the broadcast. Oh, during the, you know yeah. what I did?
0: I actually watched this fight without the commentary.
1: Okay. Yeah. Cause I,
0: think... I, I wanted to be able to, when I watched this fight, I thought Jung won okay. back, back in the day when I watched this, I definitely thought that Jung won the fight. I mean, I couldn't tell you why, not only because 10 years have passed, because I didn't obviously understand the criteria the way I should have. So, but, you know, watching it as a guy who thought he was just watching a fight and says, who's supposed to win this fight? I thought it was junk. So I said, you know what? I don't want to be poisoned by anything more. I want to try and watch this with fresh eyes, fresh ears, and just block out all the other stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, the commentary definitely add to it. It it was fun. Fun. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, don't you worry. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably watch this after we're done here. And just All have right. some fun and just kind of <laughs> sit back and enjoy it and laugh and and have a great time. This is, this is a fight. I mean, how many times can you watch this before it gets boring? It doesn't happen. Going to be a while. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is staying power, my friend. Uh, but round three, of course, now we're talking about the decisive round here. And what did you see?
1: Another fun round.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> for sure.
1: This one was a zombie was a bit more calculated for like the first two minutes of this one. Probably just He was more calculated in general over the life of the fight. It seemed like he was probably gearing up to just, you know, I'm going to unload. Mm. And he finally did because he just started landing. Everything was very effective. Anything he threw w- was great effect. And Garcia kept it in there. But it, I thought this was pretty clear for Zombie at 10-9. I thought it was a close round.
0: I definitely did. Um, But the way I saw it was that the strikes coming from Jung... They landed with greater effect, which obviously you're talking about effective striking. That's how I believe you're supposed to interpret it. And so if, if the strikes coming from him and I don't, I don't think it was the numbers wise negligible rounds two and three were very close. So it doesn't matter what the numbers were. It's really easy to just say, okay, who was landing the harder strikes. Um, You don't even have to worry about volume disparities in here and there. So for there, I really did think Jung was just landing with greater effect. I thought when Garcia did land, and he did have a very good flourish kind of in the middle of the round. you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, that, that really stood out for me as far as best moments for him. But especially early on, I thought, and to my untrained eyes, that it looked like a lot of the punches that he's throwing, the strikes that he's throwing, are kind of missing. Or Jung's, you know, blocking, deflecting them, so they're not landing with the same effect that they really ought to be.
1: Yeah, and everything Zombie threw was flush, and it looked painful. It did. And, it and did. Garcia's face looked looked like it.
0: Now I don't remember if he did it in this round, but there was a few times in the fight where Garcia gets hurt, and he like very clearly backs away and like,
1: yes, is he hurt? I don't know that he's actually hurt, but like, I mean, that's a bad look. That's like you gotta back away, shake the cobwebs loose, and, and then you know, yeah,
0: just, and, and get and yourself back up. <laughs> if you have the cobwebs, I mean, that's a fact. And know? if
1: you read that Mark Ramondi article, he mentions that that's how Sal D'Amato sees. You know, big things for effective striking is if a guy backs off, that's effective.
0: Is that what he said? I, that's I actually one of the, don't yeah. That, that I don't know the exact uh,
1: quote, but that that's the gist of it. Okay. And it was from Sal, so I trust yeah. that.
0: Well, Sal knows what he's doing. Yep. But uh, but yeah. So what did you see in this round? Did you did you give it to Jung then?
1: Yeah, I gave it to Zombie ten nine.
0: Okay, so yeah, so did I. So my final score, your final score, because we had the same card twenty nine twenty seven for Jung. But you know, I could see how this easily could have ended up being a draw in our system
1: it could have got there i especially... think either of these
0: two rounds you know rounds two and three are close enough that you'd understand why somebody would have gone the other way
1: uh more so round two i don't know about round three is i thought round three was was one of those rounds you call close but clear that's how i felt this round i was. do
0: like to say that uh, that's actually one of my phrases thank you uh mm-hmm. but you know actually all three judges here they gave it to garcia interesting so, and and I don't necessarily, dis- I mean, I do disagree, but I don't disagree vehemently. I don't think it's a bad way to do it. I, mm. I Obviously, you probably, I don't know if you get mad about it, but it sounds uh, well, like you're much less inclined to accept that than the me. The thing
1: is, because this fight was just awesome, so. Well, that's true. <laughs> I, I don't feel any, anyone would have lost any, you know, shine or whatever. Oh, no, nobody lost of shine fight. off so, of this.
0: Definitely not. I mean, Zombie became a star because of a fight he lost.
1: Yeah, I mean, a bad decision sometimes is fine as long as it doesn't really affect the fighters.
0: For sure, yeah. And, and the way it worked out too on the cards, uh it was Bellardo again who had 29-28 for Jung because all three gave it to Garcia and he had Jung up already whereas this was the deciding round for Hamilton and Stell. So it was 29-28s all around with two out of three going to Garcia. Uh and our guest judge by the way also gave this to Garcia.
1: Wow. Mhm. So I wonder what we're not seeing.
0: Well, obviously it's something because this person is trained and we're not. So i understand deferring uh but again you know they said it was a close round um but they saw garcia getting the lead early and never really relinquishing it uh jung definitely closed the gap uh but garcia pretty much answers every time that's that's what this judge saw and and, you know the numbers kind of back that up the numbers are very close so i can understand why that would happen and again my eyes aren't as trained with striking i i have never trained striking actually i've trained jujitsu a bunch with you of course but uh, I can understand why someone like me who has never actually trained striking may not really be as able to pick up the nuances of things like this. This is one of those things that when I'm trying to, to score rounds from home, I understand my limitations. You know, I mean, I've watched tons of fights. I've been watching fights like this for at least in MMA for 12 years. I've been watching boxing longer than that. So, but having said that, there's a lot of, you know, when, when the fists are flying, it can be tough to pick it up sometimes.
1: I look by what. Which... When the when punches land, I look for which one's harder. Sure, and, and that's it, what I do se- too. So. But at
0: the same time, you know, maybe I'm missing things.
1: So I think so, I thought Zombie landed much cleaner, uh, uh, even if not harder. Cleaner doesn't necessarily mean better, though. But they're they're flusher yeah. punches, these the head snapping back, the guys backing off. I, I, sure,
0: uh, no, but th- I mean that comes down to the effect. That's what you're talking about, really.
1: Yeah. And, yeah.
0: All right, we're saying the same thing. Yeah. I'll fight you in the parking lot for saying the same thing as me. <laughs> I'll bring a chair. But yeah, I mean again, incredible fight. I'm glad we got to watch it again. It's been I don't know if I had gotten to watch it. I think I've probably watched it like once in the last ten years since it happened, but I can't remember doing it. So it was nice to really definitely sit down and watch it again.
1: Yeah, this was that was this was an incredible fight. I don't even know if I saw this fight. I know I ha- I bought this pay per view. Um, you don't think you had seen this fight? Before I don't you know mean? if I've seen this one. Maybe wow. I saw it. Maybe I've seen it on like one of those TV shows. I I don't oh, think okay. I saw it live. I know I saw this card live. Like like WEC wreckage. Yeah, something like that. I'd probably probably <laughs> back because back it was a day. prelim, I didn't see it. But I definitely bought the pay per view for it. Yeah, at this one because I
0: watched this. I actually watched this from a bar in New York City. Right after I attended the NFL draft at Radio City Music Hall, okay. so like after I got out, I'm like, all right, I got to find a place to watch these. <laughs> so I showed up. I don't think I watched every single fight on this event, but I definitely got there early enough to watch one of the prelims where we saw a debut by an unheralded smaller fighter named Demetrius Johnson.
1: Yeah, he didn't have the greatest career at bantamweight,
0: though. Oh yeah, terrible. He just he only challenged for the bantamweight title one time, <laughs> and I mean after that, we never really heard from him again, right?
1: Yeah. Flyweight was his bread and butter.
0: Uh, he, he fights in Japan or something now. Nobody nobody knows yeah. what he does.
1: What, what's, what's, who's this Mighty Mouse guy?
0: I didn't say anything about Mighty Mouse. I Mighty Mouse is a cartoon character.
1: I'd like to see Mighty Mouse versus
0: Figueroa. I would say, oh my goodness, that would be so much fun. I, I, God willing, they can get that to happen.
1: Trade I'd ben be Askren thankful back. for that. Yeah, trade Ben Askren back for Mighty Mouse. <laughs> <Can> we...
0: <laughs> no take backs, I believe, is in the contract. Oh, uh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But of course, you know, this, I mean, this, obviously it was a big success for the WEC, but it was almost more like a proof of concept that people would actually want to watch these fighters. So within a year, WEC was folded into the UFC. Uh, and actually these two, if you recall, rematched just 11 months after this fight. And this time, Jung finished Garcia with the UFC's first twister.
1: Eddie Bravo was very happy that day. As was yes, Joe he was. Rogan.
0: I'm sure he was.
1: Yeah, that's ten Which actually, and,
0: and if I understand correctly, Jung learned that by just watching Eddie Bravo YouTube videos. Uh, I bet he has a whole. I think video it, I think he them. just learned it from watching on on online rather than actually training it. I'm yeah. sure he practiced it, but yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's, that's where you got great. it.
1: I mean, this card was stacked top to bottom.
0: It really was. It really was. But that fight actually, to go back to um, the second fight, there was a second left in round two. So all told, we got almost exactly five full
1: rounds out of these two guys. All right. Yeah, that, that was, I mean, I think everyone went crazy when he subbed him with a twister just because no one's seen it before. I would have went even crazier if it was normal plata, but hey, uh, I'll stick with a twister being on. Oh,
0: all come it. on. The first twister in the UFC. I didn't know what a twister was. I, I was not well versed enough in uh, Eddie Bravo's uh, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu style at that point. So I was like, what happened? <laughs> that was it's wild. Pretty sick. And of course, we've seen it again. We had Bryce Mitchell do it one time.
1: And he attacks for it. He actually looks for it. There's yes. And we, we could we could they could have had it. Uh Brandon Moreno should have had it against Brandon Royal.
0: Oh yeah. This the dude weekend. should have had that. Uh, he if really He, ought he to might not
1: have, maybe he didn't doesn't train it, doesn't didn't recognize it, but it was right there.
0: Bad job, Moreno. That's that's what's gonna cost you in the in the rematch. Or not the rematch, in the fight against Figueroa next month. <laughs> you get him he's gonna learn that twister. He's gonna learn the twister, yeah. maybe he'll win it. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, that's that's enough of this fight. I'm really glad we got back look all the way back at this one, you know. I think it's it's
1: fun to go back to these classic fights. So Scott, real quick on this card. Yeah. I want to upset you a bit. Why? Just a little bit. I want to get your fire, you know, you're ready to scream. I thought we were friends. The bonuses for this card were 65,000 a piece. 10 years I ago. I know, it's they could always have done this. Oh my <laughs> god, you know what you're doing to me. <laughs> 10 years ago, now they're 15 15,000 less 10 years
0: later. They've had I've looked into the numbers on this and we've had numbers that went up and down. They, you know, sometimes it was 40,000. Sometimes it was 65. I think at some point they might have actually given out 100 for like one event, but there was kind of like a steady climb in like the general average of what they were giving out. And then all of a sudden they capped it at 50,000 for every event. And the reason they said if if I recall, correct, you know, I might, maybe I'm wrong on this, so don't take it as as fact, but If I recall, the reasoning behind putting the bonuses this way was they were saying, well, you know, some people were getting lower bonuses on different cards and then some were getting on bigger cards and they wanted to get on these big cards and didn't like being on the smaller ones. So it was kind of like all about making it the same for everybody. That's called communism.
1: (laughs) Damn commies. But, But
0: what was the real problem was the fact that it kept it. Now there hasn't been a raise in that since they started doing that. So if you look at fighter salary actually has gone up, fighter pay has gone up over the years, but the bonuses have not. So you get these guys begging for $50,000, which isn't even as much as it used to be. It doesn't go as far as it used to be. They really ought to be begging for at least 100000 I mean, I don't want them begging at all, but they should be going for $100,000 at the least for these. Yeah, ones. come on. For sure. If Joaquin Buckley, and I talked about this in the previous episode, if he, if he was going for 100000 for these last two performance bonuses that he got from his knockout the amazing spending back kick knockout. And then this one at the previous Saturday at the pay-per-view, he'd be, he'd be up to $200,000 in bonuses this year.
1: Yeah, that'd be a great year. That's good
0: money. That's a lot more than I'm making this year. <laughs> so I, I, you'd like to think that they would be able to afford that a major company, but obviously there are debts that the company that bought them incurred endeavor just from buying them. So they're digging out of holes too, and I understand the reasoning. If not, a support the reasoning. It's just uh, fight, pay the fighters. Just pay the fighters. <laughs> pay everybody. Pay the judges. Pay the refs more. They don't make enough either. Nobody makes enough in this sport except Dana.
1: Yeah, but we got a, we got a card this weekend.
0: Yeah, I'm not even all that jazzed up about it. I'll, I got to be honest.
1: I mean, I always like seeing blades, and I like Derek Lewis. I mean, you can't not. No, I do.
0: Look, it's not that there's not a fight to watch, but I mean, oh god, when we get to the part of fight I'd like to see, I just I had trouble picking one that I was really hyped about, and that doesn't mean I'm not going to enjoy a lot of these fights. But there weren't there weren't a lot of the guys and gals that I look forward to seeing. Well,
1: yeah, you know, to to be honest, how many guys are going to be like, yeah, you know what, I would love to fight two days after Thanksgiving?
0: Not me. That aren't
1: heavyweights. That don't have yeah. to change their diet.
0: Yeah, Derek Lewis and Curtis <laughs> Blades, I would have to think, were able to enjoy their Thanksgiving. So. To some degree, at least.
1: What? Derek Lewis isn't going to enjoy Thanksgiving? Oh, he's a, he enjoyed Thanksgiving. I just hope he doesn't... I'm sure he did. Doesn't puke I'm turkey sure in did. the cage. Who, who do you have in this one? In this one, uh, the one thing I'll say is it.
0: I do really like that they booked this fight because I think it's a no-brainer for them. They're two of the best heavyweights. They haven't fought each other. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good fight to book. I'm very glad they did. I think it's really just a matter of can lewis test blade's chin before he gets he taken chin down check him but I, I i don't think it's gonna i don't think it's gonna work out i think blade's gonna be able to get him down he's gonna hold him down he's gonna be able to not he's not gonna lay and pray I, I mean i hope not because it's sort of what he did a little bit more in the last fight when he got tired but i do think he's gonna come out more motivated especially in light of the past performance and i think he's oh, gonna get around two ground strikes tko
1: all right i mean that's really the only way he gets a third fight with nganu it's gonna be a while so. before
0: he gets that fight. I don't want. I don't want him to get that <laughs> fight for a while.
1: I'm hoping Derek Lewis. And Gennaro shouldn't have to. He shouldn't have to. But I mean, at some point, if that's they're they're the top two, they got to do a a little Tim Sylvia andre Arlovsky thing.
0: Well, sure. If there's nothing but, left. And fine. But uh, there's there's enough.
1: I'm going Derek Lewis. I would go nuts if he got taken down and put blades in the Plata.
0: Um. Well, obviously that's the most likely thing to happen. The visual would be tremendous. I, you should try to find a book that'll give you odds on. I wish Lewis by omoplata, <laughs> specific omoplata, or uh, or you know even broaden it up to like shoulder lock.
1: Okay, so Kamara would work. All right,
0: Kamara could work. Yeah,
1: I think Lewis is going to win this by TKO. Okay, or I could see him winning a decision if Blades gets tired.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that too. So
1: who let's let's see what these guys cardio is like. But.
0: I... I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that it doesn't go to distance. I I just got, we can't, we can't get five rounds out of Derek Lewis. win or lose, right? It's not going to happen.
1: No. Nah, yeah. He, <sighs> give us a nice, uh, small business Saturday finish. Is that what it is? is this I have no idea. I think that's what it uh, is. I'm not sure. Uh okay. But, uh, as you mentioned, you know, star power is pretty lacking outside of the main event, but did you have a fight? Did you find one?
0: Yeah. Honestly, the co-main event is not. Too bad between Anthony Smith and Devin Clark. I actually like Clark too. You yeah, know, it's like not Clark. just Anthony Smith. People like Anthony Smith, but but I think Clark is a nice fighter too.
1: Yeah, if, if, it'd be definitely a big win for Clark and Anthony Smith's trying to get off uh, a skid here. Oh, I mean, so, forget
0: that. I mean, he's he's in a bad way. If he loses this fight, it doesn't really look great for him as a contender anymore. I,
1: I the thing about Clark that bothers me, he doesn't seem to be uh, a finisher to me. I thought he lost to Menafield and uh I don't know. I, I think he's good. I just wish he was a bit more exciting.
0: I actually think Clark is going to finish this fight.
1: All right. Well, then I'll be happy. Clark I have finished. a round
0: three TKO because oh. I have not enough faith in Anthony Lionheart Smith's cardio. It just.
1: Yeah. I was he, thinking. Every
0: time I'm like, you know what? I think he could probably push through it enough. Doesn't. Yeah.
1: I was thinking decision for uh, Clark.
0: Certainly could. I wouldn't rule it out. I'm saying round three, so I'm not really giving a whole lot of leeway. Mm, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I think probably if, if you were wagering, you could say, you know, this fight, over two and a half rounds.
1: Uh, I would think so.
0: Not that I'm giving Ben any advice. Please don't do what I yeah. say.
1: <laughs> but my fight, uh, is yes.
0: My, who, who? What's yours? Miguel, you, did you have as much of a challenge to, as I did, kind of finding one that you were looking uh, for? I
1: was to? torn between a couple. I was thinking either Spike Spike Carlisle versus uh, Bill algio because I think that that could be fireworks. That yeah, that one might not have been so bad. I, I was looking at that too. Uh, but I ultimately ended up going with Miguel Baeza versus Takashi Soto. Uh, I was very impressed with Baeza. Sato, I believe. Or Sato. Is it? That's, oh, it is Sato. Yeah. Takashi Sato versus Miguel Baeza. But Baeza was very impressive in his win against Matt Brown. Yes. Big knockout. That was back in May. So uh, undefeated. Love to see what he can do.
0: Yeah. And again, it's not like there's no fights I want to watch. I'm sure I'm going to enjoy a lot of these. But it's just, you know, we we came off of a, a very deep card, I think, that we were excited about last time. And this time, it's it's just kind of the lack of balance
1: yeah, I expect this one uh, to be over before I'm yelling for him to stop putting on fights.
0: Well, it's yes. also not going to start as late, so. Thank God. You won't have to worry about that. And hopefully you'll have the L-tryptophan out of your system by then.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't eat, I don't eat much turkey. Turkey is not one of my favorite dishes. What's I'm a, wrong with you? I'm a sides guy. We got guy. through the whole show talking about Thanksgiving. You didn't mention this? I'm a sides guy. Yeah, I like sides too, but. It's turkey. I eat one piece of the turkey, and then I'm done. The next day is where it's out. You know, you make a turkey sandwich. Sure. No. All right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But day of, I'm not. I'm all about the apps and the sides. All right. What's your favorite side? Oh, my goodness. You're killing me here. Like, the, the stuffing is so good. The sweet I don't pot- eat stuffing. The, you, know, you would eat this stuffing. Uh, The sweet potatoes, tremendous. Ooh. Brown sugar, butter. Marshmallow? Uh, Sometimes. Sometimes not. Not this year. Okay. Marshmallow, sometimes if you do it with the marshmallow you got to put the pineapples in oh you don't have to they're delicious uh got a cheese platter shrimp cocktails just so much I, I, getting excited thinking about it it's only a few hours away that's right of course this already happened so
0: we're talking about food that we already enjoyed
1: oh yeah duh it is actually <laughs> well, we're, we're actually yeah, we're actually recording on thanksgiving it is 1 30 in the morning in that's right 1 30
0: a.m so uh happy thanksgiving to you sir as you as well. I hope everybody had the nice Thanksgiving too. All right, we're done again. I hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving. Uh, thank you to my buddy for another wonderful show. I'm thankful for you, sir.
1: I'm thankful for you as I'm thankful. I'm I'm thankful for you as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Glad we got that one out. Everybody at home. Have a nice Weekend, and, and we'll be back on Monday to break down more fights. Take care, everybody. See you later.